This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, on your radio, on Friday afternoon, Erev Shabbos Kedish, Pashas, Ekev, as we move closer and closer to Rosh Chodesh El. Don't want to scare you at, uh, at all, but next Shabbos is going to be Shabbos Mavarchim, of, of Ella, so we're creeping, creeping closer. Wonderful to have all you aboard. Thank you for making time on your very busy, uh, Erev Shabbos afternoon to put on your radio, put on your, your device, somehow connect to us and listen and hopefully be inspired. Hopefully learn something. Hopefully have something that you can then say over to your family at the Shabbos table and enhance it. <clears throat> Make your Shabbos table a more more of a Makam Kaddish, more of a holy place, more of a sublime experience for you and the entire, and the entire family. One of the main mitzvahs in this expression, and what I would like to focus on quite a bit today, is the mitzvah of, of Birchas Hamazan, of benching. So let's start with the story, and then after the break, we'll talk a little bit more essentially about it. Rav Shmuel Salat arrived in Eretz Yisrael, in Adar in the year Tafresh Aleph, which corresponds to the year 1841, and he settled in the old city of Yerushalayim, and it didn't take very long for the Chachom in Yerushalayim to realize the greatness of this young Koyloman who was, uh, who just arrived in, in, uh, in, in Yerushalayim, and they decided to appoint him as a Paisik, in the, in the Ashkenazi Kehila of, of, of Yerushalayim. And from then on, Rav Shmuel filled that post of the, of the, of the Rabbonus with tremendous chokhmah and tremendous, tremendous, uh, uh, ability. And, uh, and, uh, you know, he had the amazing ability to make peace and to somehow keep the, the peace between all the various factions in, uh, in, in Yushlaim based on, on halacha and to somehow to give good, good advice. And it was available all days of the, uh, night and day. One late at night, there was a knock on, on Shmuel's door. And when he went to open it, he saw there, uh, uh, Rav Yaakov uh, Zeltzer, who was one of the very Choshev Balabatim in, in the city and very close to the Rav. So the Rav asked him, what brings you to my house in the middle of the night? So he says, I have a Shiloh, says Sedge of Yaakov. And he was, he was, he was very quite, uh, and he said, you know, the whole, during the night, I was quite busy with, with a lot of guests and I, and I, I just kind of, was kind of re- preoccupied. And I was already on my way to bed and I realized that I don't think I benched after I finished my, my supper. Now, Rav Shmuel knew this man as being someone who was very, very God-fearing, who was very, very careful about doing doing mitzvahs. And without delay, he answered him, says, you can relax, Rav Yaakov, because you did not eat bread last night, and therefore you have no obligation to bench at all. The, the, the Oscar was a little bit confused by the, by the Rav's answer, but out of honor for the Rav, he didn't 
say a thing and say good night and and they left they left peacefully when he went home he saw that his the table where he usually eats was set and the the supper was still lying there and because he was so busy with the the guests he actually never ate supper that night the next day he went back to to Rashmul and uh, to apologize for bothering him in the middle of the night and he says, you know, Rabbeinu, obviously the, the Rav must have Ruach HaKadosh, because you were 100% right, that I hadn't eaten. How did you, how did you know? Can I, can I publicize the people that the Rav has, that the Rav has, uh, has Ruach HaKadosh? So Shmuel said, no, 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 I don't have Ruach HaKadosh. It's nothing, but I know who you are. I know the kind of person you are. And if you, had benched, you would have benched with, with concentration, with a knowledge of what you were doing, and therefore you wouldn't have forgotten. That you wouldn't, you would have been aware that you had, that you had, uh, that benched. Also, I know about you that if you had eaten a meal, you would have benched right away. You wouldn't have gotten up from the table without, without benching. Therefore, it's clear to me that what must have happened was you never ate at all, and therefore you had no obligation to, to bench. That's the, the outlook of a great Chocham, how he understands people and therefore relates it to their situation. We're going to come back with some more about Birch Hasamazin, a little bit more, uh, depth into what it's about, but we're going to take a break first. This is 11.9 FM, Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio, Friday afternoon, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Ekev, as we get ready for another cool Shabbos here in Johannesburg, but it's going to be so warm inside, it's going to be so, so beautiful. And let's spend a few minutes talking about one of the central themes in this week's Parsha, and such a central theme in our life. And that is, of course, the mitzvah of Birchat Amazon, of benching, which has its source in this week's parasha, where the Torah says, You shall eat, and you shall be satisfied, and then you shall bless Hashem. Because of the great land, that you have, that you haven't given to us. From here we have a source for what is actually one of the two only mitzvahs from the Torah that involve simply words. All other mitzvahs involve some kind of action, some kind of misa. This is simply limited to words, and it's something we do so often. Many people have have bread two or three times a day, and certainly even if one doesn't, certainly on on Shabbos one's going to bench a few times. So we need to understand what is this benching all all about. So we know that the makeup of the benching is that the benching contains four blessings. The bracha that ends with Hazan Esakoyel, the bracha that ends with Allah Oretz Allah Mazan, the bracha that ends with Bonei Brachamov Yushlaim Amen, and then the fourth bracha, uh, which 
starts Sakelavinu Makenu and ends Loilam Al Yechasrenu, and then the end of benching is just a lot of requests, a lot of tefillas that we that we make. Now, the original institution of benching was the first three brachas, and they, it works like this: the first bracha, bracha that ends Hazan and Sakol, was actually says the Gemara written by Moshe Abenu. By Moshe himself in the desert, thanking Hashem for the sustenance of the of the man, that was written by by Moshe Rabbeinu. The second bracha, bracha that begins Noidelcha and ends Al Oritz Al Mazon, Gemara says was written by Yeshua when they came into Eretz Yisrael. He wrote that bracha primarily about the land of Israel. The third bracha, which begins with Rachem and ends with Bonei Barachamov Yushlaim Amen, was written by King David and his son King Shlomo, and it focuses mostly on the on the base on the base Hamikdash. The fourth bracha, the bracha, what's called Hatov Hametiv, was added later, and it was it, it was written commemorating the miracle that happened. That the, after the massacre of the Jews of Beitar, Beitar was the one city that was saved after the destruction of Yushalayim. Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai asked the new emperor they could please at least save the city of, of Beitar and its, its wise men. And that was done for a while, but later on, new governments came and, and massacred the entire population and not only massacred them, but then would not allow their Jewish brethren to bury them. So they lay for a long time as they were. Finally, a, a, a new government came, or Yushami says, or a new Melech, and he had no political agenda, and he allowed the Jews to bury, to bury uh, all those people, and they came there, and there was a miracle, and not a single of the bodies had decomposed. They were as if they had just been Killed and they were able to bring all of them to to uh, to Jewish to Jewish uh, 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 burial. Now, obviously, we'd understand that the the purpose of of benching is to thank Hashem for the food we just ate. We just had a wonderful sumptuous meal, a really good sandwich, and and we're feeling good. And therefore, it's appropriate to thank to thank Hashem, which makes sense. The problem is that. Why do we have then the second bracha, which speaks exclusively about the land of the land of Israel? You know, especially if we're sitting here in South Africa, and I just ate, you know, bread that I don't know the wheat was grown here in in in, in South Africa, and all the ingredients were South African. I understand. I want to thank God for a sandwich, but why do I have to mention the land? Of, of 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 Israel, and it seems to be so central. I know it's central because you know, uh, uh, kind of in in uh, in corresponding to the benching, we have when a person has let's say some uh, a grain that's not bread, yes, some cake or some other cooked grain uh, material or fruit from the seven species or wine. So we have a another blessing. Which we call Brocha Achas Me'en Shalosh, a condensed version of the blessings of, Be- of benching, kind of 
all of them taken and kind of squashed together into one into one blessing. I mean, I actually mentioned components of all of the blessings in in that short in that short bracha, but then it comes to ending the 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 bracha, and the concept is that the ending of the bracha always highlights the most important concept of of the blessing as you would when writing a a paragraph so the end of the paragraph is meant to be a a summary of of the of the main idea of of the paragraph if i could make such a comparison and how does the bracha end baruch hashem whatever it might be al ha'oretz and then al hamichya if it's if it's a, if it's grain or al perot if it's fruit or al gefen if it's wine, but it's always al ha'oretz. We're always mentioning the land of Israel in the very ending of the bracha. Now, why is that relevant? If we're not, I understand. If you're eating produce of Israel, it would make sense. But why, if we're living outside of Eretz Israel, why would we necessary for us to mention Eretz 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 Israel? So, the Rabbeinu Bachaya says on, in our in our pasha that we have to understand that Eretz Yisrael is not just the homeland of of the Jewish nation. It's not just something warm and beautiful and fuzzy in our hearts. We have at the end of the pasha that it's Eretz. It's the land Asher Doresh. I saw that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is always looking after it. Uh, um, uh, God is, 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 is looking after Israel seemingly more than anything else in the world. Hashem looks after Eretz Yisrael. And the concept is, says Rabbi yes, because in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's world, Eretz Yisrael is the most central place as far as HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that is the engine room of the entire world. And from there, comes forth blessing that then spreads throughout the world. Eretz Yisrael is a, is a place of the special hashkocha, the special supervision, the special involvement of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And from that, there's a spillover that goes to the rest, to the rest of the, of the world. But the main thing is the blessing that's given to the land of Israel, and kind of, by the way, the blessing then spills over and and reaches all of us wherever we might we might uh, we might be, you know. Eretz Yisrael is like the the lave, the central part that pumps the the vitality of the entire world comes from from uh, from Eretz Yisrael. So so therefore, the main main uh, place where we Understand that actually all of our food comes from everything we have comes from is is Eretzal. All the blessing that we have comes from Eretzal, and therefore it's so central that we mention that blessing as part of our of our benching to acknowledge that yes, we had a lovely sandwich and maybe and, and maybe it was wheat grown here, but it all comes from from the land from the land of of Israel. That's the point. Of, of why we have, or we mentioned especially, uh, Israel in, in, in this, in this point. There's, there's much more because 
that that doesn't really explain yet what about the the why do we have the the brach bracha about the Beit Hamikdash, and why do we have a, a bracha about the, the the miracle of those who were saved in 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 Yavne? So it's 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 quite a discussion. But if you have an opportunity to look in the writings of Rav Meir Simcha and the Mesha Chochma on this week's Pasha, he goes into it and and explains to us that the whole history of the Jewish nation and our whole relationship with our Kodesh Baruch Hu is bound up. In, in the benching. And that's something that we have to, we have to think about. But anyway, we're going to take a break now. This is 11.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio here, Erev Shabbos Kedish, Parshas, Akev in the year Tov Shin Pei Aleph as we get ready for another beautiful Shabbos <coughs> coming up towards Rosh Hashanah. And of course, our whole life in trying to find our identity, in trying to find the role we want to play, in trying to follow where, where we fit in the greatest scheme of things. So we're always looking for role models. We're all looking, where are the people that we're supposed to emulate? Where are the people that we're supposed to follow? Who are the examples that are supposed to give us a, 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 a tutorial on how we're supposed to live our, our lives? So, the truth is, the Torah gives us the answer. In fact, in the, in the Haftarah, it's a beautiful Haftarah from Yeshaya that we read this week. There, there are two psukim in the beginning of chapter Nun Aleph, uh, 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 51 in Yeshaya that spell it all out. And the psukim say, Shimuelai, listen to me. Roid Fate Sedek, those who are interested in pursuing justice. Mivakshe Hashem, those who seek Hashem, which of course is all of us. We all want to have a, have a life of justice, of fairness, of honesty, of, of, uh, you know, getting, getting your, your bang for your buck. And, and we all want us on some level find, find Hashem whichever way we think we're going to. So, Nu, what are you going to tell us? Who, who should we look at? Where, where, where do we begin to find? The, the, the mold for, the, the, the role models of who are going to help us to be pursuers of righteousness in those who seek Hashem. Says the Navi, Habitu el tsur chutzavtem. Look to the rock you were hewn from. The el makeves boyer nukatem. And look to the quarry that you were dug from. Oh, wow. There's a quarry. There's a rock from which we came. And if you look at that, that will give us the example of what we need to be. Who is that quarry? Where is that rock? So the Navi carries on. Habitu. Look back. El Avram Avichem. To Avram, your father. The El Sarah. To Choylelchem. And to Sarah, who brought you forth. Ki Echad Kurasiv. For he was only one. When I called him, sorry, because he was only one when I called him, but but I blessed him, 
and I, I, uh, I multiplied, I multiplied, I made him into, into many. So there you go. You want to know who your role models are? Very simple. Look back at the rock from which you come. Look at Avram and look at, and look at Sarah. And let's perhaps spell it out. Maybe with the following, the following, uh, uh, uh story that gives it some, some, uh, uh, uh perspective. It's, it once happened in the city of London, London, the capital of England, that a lion escaped from the main zoo and was now circulating around the streets of London looking for lunch. And obviously, all the people living in the area near the, where the zoo was, they locked themselves in their houses until the, the, the crisis would pass. And they, they quickly phoned the, the police and the, the, the king, royal family who had received this, uh, lion as a gift from one of the, uh, Rome, one, one of the African, uh, uh, uh governments. So he gave a specific instruction to the police that they may not kill the lion. So long as there's any other way to somehow return him into the zoo, they may not uh, try to uh, 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 kill, kill him, and unless literally it's endangering the lives of the citizens of, of the capital. So the, the commandant of the, of the police who, who had the responsibility to worry about how he's going to get this lion back to his, to his cage. So he certainly wasn't himself going to approach this, uh, this lion that was walking around in the middle of the street and, uh, you know, waiting for, for some, for some lunch. So what did he do? The, the commander, of the, of the police, he phoned a certain very well-known, brave, uh, a warrior who had at one point served in the, in the army on the, at, at the, at the level of, of a, of a general, someone with tremendous, tremendous courage, you know, beyond the, 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 the norm and, uh, a fearless kind of person. So he phoned him up and he was in the middle of having uh, lunch with his wife and, and his, uh, his son. When the police commander told this, uh, this general, uh, exactly what was going on. So the general turned to his son, who was, you know, about a 20 year old, uh, kid and said to him, come, go, my son, go with, uh, with a police commander, go to the streets where the lion is, uh, is, is hanging, hanging out and, uh, you know, do what you need to do to get him back to his, to his, uh, to his cell. The commander like raised his eyebrows in front of the general. Uh, excuse me. I, I, I thought that the, that the general himself 
would come and 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 put the lion the lion back. You know, this is a, a very dangerous uh, situation, and, and and the people have tremendous trust in your in your strength, and and you have lots of experience in in in, in the field, and certainly you'd be able to save the citizens from danger. But you're sending your 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 young uh, son. Who, you know, he doesn't have any experience in these, in these type of areas, you know, and, and you're putting his life in, in danger. And the general answered and said, I know what the job is and I completely trust my son that he'll be able to get it done and he'll make you very, very happy. Okay. The general, the, the, the commander of the police had no choice. So he went with the boy, the son of this, this great, uh, uh, celebrated general, and he showed him the place where the lion was. So the boy began to approach the lion. He began to stalk, stalk him one step at a time. And as the boy got close, he started making all kinds of menacing gestures to the to the uh, 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 lion, and he made all sorts of grimaces and all sorts of roarings and and loud sounds. And the the lion already was starting to get, you know, angry. Who is this guy coming to to meet him? And he himself began to growl and to roar. In, 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 uh, in return. And all the while, the youngster was getting closer and closer, one step after another to, to the lion and, and, and sort of shaking his fist at him and, and threatening him. And all those people who were sort of standing on their rooftops watching what was going, what was going on. And, uh, and, uh, they, they were, their hair was standing on then What was going to happen? Was this guy going to be lunch? And when they, they started screaming, when they saw this little boy getting closer and closer and his life was in mortal danger and there was almost no space anymore between him and, and Lion as they got very, very close. However, the young boy, he wasn't concerned. He just kept on coming slowly, slowly towards the lion. And the lion was about to spring towards him. And as the lion began his spring and he raised his paw towards the boy's face, the boy gave him a smack across the face. And the lion sat down. One smack to his face. The lion sat down, wagged his tail, and like a, like a little puppy, like a little puppy dog, and began to follow the boy to where he was directing him to go. And with the whole community open-mouthed, like a, like a, like a master taking his dog for a walk. The young boy took him into the zoo and there to the area where the, the lion cage was and led him into the cage 
closed the door behind him and the boy left the zoo victorious in, in his, in his campaign. And the masses descended onto the street and this boy was a hero. And they threw flowers at him and, and sweets at him. And it was the most, the, the most uh, impromptu ticker tape parade ever, ever held. And they lifted him on their shoulders and they carried him. And they, when they got back to his house with this huge crowds around him and, and the, the commander of the police and, and all the other police were there and, and, and a huge crowd following him. He went to his father, the general, and he reported him on what had happened. His father asked him, Son, why, why do you have a, a scratch on your face? So the son answered, No, when I was fighting with the lion, he managed to scratch me a little bit with his paw. The general sprung up in anger and smacked his son across the face in in front of the commander and all the police. The general turned again in amazement to the general. What are you doing? Is, is, is it such a small thing what your son did saving the entire London community from, from this lion? And what, and he made, and he made, uh, he got one little, one little scratch. And that's the price you're paying to, to take this dangerous lion back to the, back to the zoo. Are you crazy? Instead of, instead of hugging him, instead of lauding him for what he did, now you're going, you scratch it and now, now you're going, you smack him across the face. I don't understand what's going on here. So the general said, sit down a minute and let me tell you a little bit about the history of this young boy and his parents. And, and you'll understand very well what exactly I did. You see, about 40 years ago, I was a, uh, a officer in the British army. I was on the level of a, of a colonel. And there was a, uh, report to beginning to reach headquarters about, uh, certain, um, it was a band of, 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 of robbers, of, of, uh, of, uh, of highwaymen who seemingly were, were terrorizing the outlying areas. And I was already a, a decorated, uh, 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 kind of, uh, uh, soldier. I had already done some pretty brave acts and many people spoke about my, my, my bravery and, and my, and my, and my strength. And I had, I was, I had all sorts of medals and, and honors and ribbons all over my, all over my, uh, my, my uniform. And it actually got into the press. That there was this, I don't know, kind of armed group of about 50 people who were, uh, kind of out of town, but controlling the, the roads. And anyone who was traveling out of, out of London, uh, uh could, could, could expect 
to be attacked by this gang and and have all their goods and their confiscated and sometimes unfortunately even their even their lives taken so the commander of the of the the police of that of that area went out to the to the to the their purported hideouts with quite an army of of uh of uh policemen to to arrest them but they were the 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 gang unleashed a surprise attack on on them and they fought against the police and uh, the police were forced to flee for their for their lives the general already knew me at that at that time and he turned to me and and he expressed his request please could we help in somehow uh, sort of quelling the the actions of this of this uh, gang, and I acceded to his to his request, and I took a troop of hardcore, well trained police with me, and we went to to comb the area, and we met this gang, and we began a serious serious war, and people were falling on on both sides. And I saw the situation as being very, very, very dangerous because the, the, the gang was almost on the, almost gaining the upper, the upper hand. And so immediately, I literally, I took my own life into my hands with a few policemen that were, that were left. And we began a concerted attack against this gang. And they fought back with, with as much viciousness and as much vigor as, as, as we were most of the gang. Had had uh, had fallen, and the rest fled. But the 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 commander, the boss of the gang, oh, he was standing strong, and he he was he seemed fearless. And I approached him, and I tried it to 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 uh to sort of capture him. But he was so, he was so quick. I never saw anyone so, so quick. We didn't manage to, to capture. I came to him again with, a, with my, with my spear, but again, with a great, with this great, uh, 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 swiftness. He surprised me and he, and he actually pulled the spear out of my hands and broke it into small pieces. And the, and the little bits he, he scattered all over the place. I took out my sword. But again, quickly, he grabbed it and, and broke my sword into little, into little pieces. All I had was my, my very small dagger that I had gotten as, as, as a, as a, as a gift. It was studded with some stones. I got it as a, as, as, as a, as a, as a gift from one of my previous commanding, commanding officers. And, but now I, 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 I was going to draw that and see if I could uh, kill him with that. But I didn't even manage to, to take it out of its, out of its, uh, holster. And, and, uh, and, uh, the robber baron turned to me and removed the mask from his face. And he said to me, what? Such a strong person like you, where everyone knows about you, where you, you had to use all your strength to fight 
and to be victorious over a woman. And I was astounded to see that in front of me was standing a very good-looking woman. I asked her, how did, how did she get to this? And she told me, come sit down. And she'll tell me her story, but not in front of the, the policeman. So I sent the policeman who was still around back to base. And sitting there by the crossroads, she told me her history that, that, uh, she was, she had lost her, her parents and, uh, and, uh, oh, it was a whole story and there were all kinds of allegations against her and she, she had a court case and, and they actually sentenced her to, to death and before they managed to, to, uh, uh, carry out the sentence, she managed to run away from, from the jail and she got, uh, she sort of met up with these, with these gangsters and, and they decided to, you know, they pointed her as their leader and they decided to do their dirty work and, and to rob and to rob people. And she figured out, I have nothing else. I have no family. I'm not part of society. So she joined them and I became the leader of this, of this gang. And I asked her, what are her plans for the future? And she said, well, if I don't, she says, if I don't reveal the secret and I don't give her to over to the police. She would be prepared to settle down and, and, and live a normal, a normal life. And I, I said, fine, I, I'm not going to give it to the police, but I asked her if she would be prepared to become my wife. And she said, yes. And we went back to the house and I, you know, sent all the, the army people away and a year later we were married and a year after that she became pregnant and this is the son that that we had the son that was born from this from this marriage and this is what she comes from this is how she began and says turns now to the head of the police sitting in front of me do you understand now why I was a little a bit of upset at my son for getting a scratch on, on his face? Coming from parents like this, from a family of such greatness, we have expectations. Look back at Avram Avinu. Look back at Sarah. And remember, that these are the examples, these are the role models that we need to follow in our lives. One one point nine high FM soul to soul will be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on one oh one point nine high FM. One one point nine high FM soul to soul on your radio Friday afternoon, Arab Shabbos Kadish Parshas Akev as we get ready for another amazing Shabbos here in Johannesburg, coming closer, as we say, to Rosh Chodesh El, which Be'ez Hashem will be next Sunday and Monday, next Shabbos will be Shabbos of Aruchim, as we always do at this point on the broadcast, to just bring you up to speed with the important times you need to know for this coming Shabbos. So, the earliest time 
for lighting your Shabbos candles this afternoon will be at 4.33, 27 minutes before 5, which isn't far from now, maybe about two hours or so, and uh, and uh, then we can get right into it, we can get right into our Shabbos and, and start. Baruch Hashem, now we have shuls back, so you might want to be rather... Go to shul and be part of that. In fact, it's a great idea to go to shul on Friday night, hear a little bit of singing, a nice drosha, maybe, and that get you into the Shabbos mood, and then afterwards you'll come home. But if you're not going to be going to shul for whatever reason, then you can already start your Shabbos nice and early, 4.33, get it started, down in your mincha, down in Kabbalah Shabbos, and sit down to some nice hot food as we get into another beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. The latest time for Ben... Benching Lich this afternoon is at 5.23. 5.23 is the absolute latest time you should be lighting your candles. Get your Shabbos started by then. Get everything ready. Get all the food on the hot tray or plata, whatever it is that you're, that you're using. And therefore, Shkia will be at 5.41. That's absolute, as we know, injury, injury time. You need to get your Shabbos started long before, before that. Uh, five foot one. Therefore, if you want to dive in Mayrev and, uh, not have to repeat Krishma, just wait till about six o'clock, wait a minute before six, and you can dive in Mayrev and not have to repeat the Shema and then get into your beautiful Shabbos evening with some nice family and some nice vegetarian, some nice good food and really, really enjoy yourself. Tomorrow is, of course, Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Ekev and the Aftara is the second of the seven Haftaras of of Nechama, of, of comfort, leading up to Rosh Hashanah, Yom Tzion, Azavani Hashem, is, is the, is the way it starts, and, and the beautiful Mavua of, of, uh, of Yeshaya. And, uh, tomorrow afternoon, we're gonna, we're back into Perkyovis. We will be saying Perik Dalid this week, so take a bit of time to study it. Shabbos afternoon is getting already a little bit longer. It's creeping a bit, a bit longer. There's a bit more, more time to, to, uh, to do that. And, Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 14 minutes past 6. 6.14 is the end of, uh, of, of Shabbos. And again, this is the last week, full week of Kodesh Av. Next Shabbos, Be'ezer Hashem, will be Shabbos Mavorachim. And uh, also, actually, Erev Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Elul will be a week from Sunday and and Monday. And then it starts getting really, really close to, to, to Yontif and Rosh Hashanah and all those, all those bit intimidating, intimidating things. But as we are at the moment, we're talking about Shabbos, talking about Shabbos coming in. We spoke about the Sefer Shabbos, but needing to add on time to the Shabbos and start while it's still, it's still a, a, a daytime. And, and we said that uh, it's, it's actually incumbent upon one to accept upon oneself an additional time of of uh, of Shabbos either by thought or by or by word and say right I'm accepting by myself that it's now Shabbos even though it is not yet nighttime and then the obvious question comes that we know there are certain shuls that by the time they finish davening mincha you know, the waiting people to come by the time mincha actually is finished so then. Uh, uh, the mincha we're talking about of, of Erev Shabbos, so the, you know, the weekday mincha that we say on Erev Shabbos, sometimes by the time they're finished, it's already after sunset. So therefore, if you're going to wait until after mincha and accept Shabbos uh, afterwards, 
that's already too late because once Shkia comes, we said Shabbos starts by then de facto because Shkia, the time after Shkia, we explained, might already be night. If it's night, then it's certainly Shabbos. So you're not adding on any extra Shabbos if you're only accepting Shabbos after after uh, uh, after Shkia. And therefore, you're not going to be able to fulfill this mitzvah of adding on to, to Shabbos. And, and the question is, are you allowed to accept the Kedusha of Shabbos and then still afterwards daven a weekday mincha? Or is that perhaps a contradiction? How can I accept upon myself the Kedusha of Shabbos, which means as far as I'm concerned, it's now Shabbos, and then go and daven a weekday, a weekday mincha? So according to some of the halachic authorities, uh, once a person accepts upon himself the, the Shabbos, he's not able afterwards to daven anymore a, a weekday mincha. Because a tefillah of, of, uh, of a weekday, you can't daven once you've already uh, uh, accepted upon himself, put yourself into the environment, into the airspace of, of Shabbos. And you can't yet daven a, a mincha of, of Shabbos because the Mincha of Shabbos was only instituted for Shabbos afternoon. Let's call it Saturday afternoon, not not for Friday. And therefore, according to them, if someone made such a, a, a mistake and accepted on himself Shabbos before he davens Mincha, they say, I'm sorry, you've lost out now on, on davening Mincha, and then you have to follow this standard procedure if someone forgot to daven mincha, where he would then daven the Meir of Shmon Esrei twice, once the first time as the Meir of Shmon Esrei, and the second time as a makeup for the missed mincha, but because then for sure it's Shabbos, then I would actually daven a, a Shabbos Shmon Esrei, uh, 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 twice, the first one is that for, for, for Myriv, and the second one as the, the, the makeup for the missed mincha that he, that he lost out on because it was already, already Shabbos. The same thing really applies regarding a, a woman. That according to this, this opinion, a woman would not be allowed to daven mincha once she's already lit her Shabbos candles. Because uh, we, by woman, lighting Shabbos candles is a de facto acceptance of the Kedusha of Shabbos. And therefore, how can she go and daven a, a mincha of weekday after she's accepted upon herself Kedusha Shabbos? Right? And if you want to, to sort of make up the, the, the Tfilis mincha, so again, she also should then daven Mayrev twice as a makeup for a missed mincha. That's what the Mishnah Bura uh, uh, says. And therefore, the only real advice is to find, to for a man to try to find, if, if your minion davens so late that it's already Shabbos by the time you uh, you finish, you should try to find yourself an earlier uh, uh, a mincha so that, uh, that, that will, that will uh, finish davening much, 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 much uh, earlier, and then you avoid the the uh, the problem altogether. And then after you after you finish minuchah davening earlier, then you can accept Shabbos, and everything everything works 
works uh, works out. Um, and if you live in a place where the minion actually by the time they daven mincha, it's already after sunset. So then, the Allah says, Mishnah Bru brings it down, that one should then preferably actually daven mincha by oneself earlier in order to be able to accept, the, to do this mitzvah of accepting Tesefah Shabbos before the sunset, before the Shkia. Because as we said, the mitzvah of adding on additional time to Shabbos is actually a biblical mitzvah. And that therefore, because it's a biblical mitzvah, it takes preference even over the rabbinic mitzvah of davening with a, with a minion. So therefore, if, 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 if your minion can't get it together or whatever, the timing is just that they daven too late and they daven you mincha when it's already shkia, then it's better. And that's, that's not only a Friday rule, that's actually a rule every day. Rather to daven mincha by oneself in plenty of time before shkia and, and then, and then not daven with a, with a minion, particularly on Friday so that you can accept that the Shabbos before before, before, uh, uh, Ashkia. So that is the, that is the stricter opinion that says, no, you cannot have a mincha once it is, once it is, uh, uh, a Shabbat. What's the other opinion? Well, that you're gonna have to wait till after the break. We'll speak that out in a moment. This is 11.9 Chayef and the show, the show is called Soul to Soul and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul. We're back on your radio, Erev Shabbos, Kurdish Pashas, AK, with just our last little segment. We're talking about the situation where a person's minion only completes mincha late, already after Shkir, when it's too late to accept Shabbos upon yourself, and therefore you're losing out on the the possibility of of uh, saying uh, of, of of fulfilling the, the the biblical mitzvah of accepting extra time of adding extra time onto your onto your Shabbos and therefore in the last segment we we discussed the opinion of those halakhic authorities that say I'm sorry that uh, 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 once uh, once you, you you if you're going to daven uh, a mincha if you're going to, if, sorry, if you're going to accept the Shabbos before you daven mincha, then you can't daven mincha because it's a contradiction in terms to have accepted Shabbos and then daven mincha. And therefore they say you have no choice but to make it up by, by davening a second matter. However, there is a conflicting opinion. That always is in, 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 in halacha. The opinion of, of some poiskim is that even after you accepted the Tosefes Shabbos, this extra dimension of Shabbos that we take, we add on to Friday and add it to Shabbos, still you're allowed to daven a weekday mincha, because according to this opinion, the fact that I accept upon myself voluntarily extra time, I fulfilled the mitzvah of, of accepting extra time and, 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 and drafting some of Friday and making it Shabbos, so that does require one to be careful and not violate any of those activities that are prohibited on Shabbos, which are biblical in nature. But 
you're still allowed, even though I've accepted Shabbos, to daven a weekday uh, a mincha. And in the same way as if for some mitzvah need, I'm allowed, even during the time that I've accepted uh, a Shabbos, to do certain things that are only rabbinically forbidden, so too it is permitted, according to them, to daven a weekday mincha, even if you've accepted Shabbos on you. And only someone who accepted Shabbos with the community, such as for a man, you already said, Mizmo Shiliyama Shabbos. So then, once the community accepted Shabbos, then it would be forbidden to daven a, uh, a weekday, a weekday mincha. Therefore, if someone comes so late to shul, and he hasn't yet daven mincha, and it's getting very, very, very close to shkia to sunset. So then he should verbally accept that I, w- I want to accept for myself additional time of Tosefes Shabbos on myself. And then he should daven mincha, uh, 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 a weekday mincha. And that, that's brought by the, by the, uh, by the, uh, and, and by Dain, Dain Weiss. Some say, that it's incumbent upon a person to accept the Tasef Shabbos. Don't say it, just think it in your mind. Because you, we said before that you can accept the extra Shabbos even by, by, uh, by thought. But once you've accepted the Shabbos by thought only, so then you'd be still be allowed to daven, uh, the weekday, the weekday mincha. The, the general Custom is that if Shkia is coming and you haven't yet davened Mincha, we accept upon ourselves Kedusha Shabbos verbally or by thought, and then we do still daven a weekday, a weekday Mincha. And women also, Bidyeved, can daven Mincha even after they've lit candles. But certainly, in the first instance, the Chachila, if someone knows that his community davens mincha late, rather that he should sort of cover himself on all bases, daven mincha by himself earlier, and then still manage to accept Shabbos before before Shkia. If he knows he'll be able to accept Shabbos, let's say, while the chazan is is uh, in chazor sashats, and that's still before Shkia, so then rather daven with the community and during Chazar Sashats, a couple of minutes before Shkia, accept upon himself the, the, the Tosefis, Tosef Shabbos. That's about all the time we're going to have this week. Just a moment to wish you all a beautiful good Shabbos, warm, inspiring, and together as a family, and to each and every one of you, a beautiful Shabbat Shalom. Good Shabbos.